on this episode, we're breaking down my song, Back to Jakku. I'll walk you through the writing and recording process, including remixing the vocals, things you may not notice about the track, and my favorite parts about it. It's all coming up in just a minute. Welcome to the Royish Good Looks Podcast, episode number 25. That's right, the podcast is finally old enough to rent a land speeder. My name is Roy, and thank you for joining me. We are back with the fifth edition of our Inside the Song series. If you need to catch up on the previous episodes, there is a playlist in the description and the show notes. And if you have a favorite song that you'd like me to break down or anything in particular you'd like to hear me talk about on the show, leave a comment on YouTube or drop a review on any podcast apps. I would love to hear from you. And if you'd like to support this show and my music, consider signing up for my Patreon page at patreon.com slash royishgoodlooks. And now let's get into the show. Back to Jakku was released in November 2019, a month before The Rise of Skywalker was released in theaters. And the background music is an original Royish Good Looks track, but of course the vocals feature dialogue straight out of the films The Force Awakens and The Last Jedi. They've been remixed to sound like they're singing using Melodyne and Auto-Tune. Making a remix song is a little different than making a regular song. I've talked about my normal songwriting process on the show before. I usually start with one catchy melody line and lyric, but it often appears out of nowhere, on accident. But with a remix, you have to uncover melodies that exist within the dialogue you've chosen. It's kind of like being a musical archaeologist you're piecing together a puzzle and you just have to work with what you've got. That limitation actually makes for a really fun challenge. I happen to like puzzles myself. So you have to figure out how can I make this spoken word into a believable melody? And in a lot of ways, it's easier to finish a remix song more than it is a regular song. There aren't infinite options. You only have so much dialogue, and there's only so many melodies that you can probably get out of it. It's still very much songwriting, but it's not as much of an improvisational exercise like most songs are. It's more of a pure compositional exercise. You're finding the musicality within your given dialogue rather than just kind of inventing brand new ideas. So I could go on and on. I would love to do a whole episode diving deeper into remixing vocals. If that's something you'd like to hear more about, then definitely leave me a comment below. So it's this remix style song, and it's also a bit of a meme on top of that. Ray wants to go back to Jakku. She says it a bunch of times in The Force Awakens, and a few other characters have 
related commentary about Jakku as well. Where are you going? We're going back to Jakku, that's where. No, 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 we can't go back to Jakku. I've got to get back to Jakku. Why does everyone want to go back to Jakku? It's not that one. Where'd you get this ship? Nemo Outpost. Jakku, a junkyard? Thank you, junkyard. So it seemed like ripe territory. There'd be a lot of different lines to choose from, and it'd probably make a fun remix. It does use dialogue directly from the films, but it's not really telling an accurate canon story. It's just this silly song about going to Jakku. It reminds me a little bit of Shmoyoho's Tashi Station remix. I'm not going to all the rent. I'm going to Tashi, Tashi Station. It's just a Tashi, Tashi Station. I'm never going to get Which is funny to me because I've been called out in the past for making mistakes in my lyrics in regards to canon. But I guess this song gets a pass since it's a remix and it's kind of a joke. It's neither here or there. It's just funny to see what people will get bent out of shape over on YouTube. Either way, Back to Jakku is surprisingly a complete song idea for a remix. The chorus is straightforward. The verses tell a little bit of the story of going to or leaving Jakku. And even the bridge supports that theme of leaving home and wondering where you belong. So it's not just a hodgepodge of stuff in random lines, and it might not be canon, but it's still got a pretty solid story to it. Plus, it has a ton of energy. It pumps me up. So it sort of fools me into believing that it's a real song, which is always my goal when I make remixes. I don't want it to be just a spectacle. Oh, it's Ray with auto-tune. I want it to feel like a song. And on that note, there are two versions of this song. The original remix version and the Roy-only version. Or what I like to call the unremixed version. But not to me. I gotta get back to Jack The backing track is the same, but the remix vocals are removed and replaced with Just Me. The remix version actually does feature myself singing background vocals to help beef up the remix vocals, but they're mixed in kind of subtly. Most of those made their way into the Roy version, but I also added brand new main vocals and harmonies on top of that. And I'm sure someone is wondering, yes, I would love to make more Roy versions of all of my remixes one day. They are really fun to make because they end up being a high fidelity version of the song. You actually get to enjoy the melodies without all the background noise or the artifacts from remixing them. And so far, I've done Roy versions for Back to Jakku, Jar Jar Binks Anthem, and I Have the High Ground. And I guess I sort of did The Forces With Me for a Patreon bonus track a few months ago, but it's a totally new acoustic version. It didn't reuse the backing track, but it's still a pretty cool version. And that's a great reason to sign up for Patreon so you don't miss out on cool little goodies like that one. But shameless plugs aside, let's break down Back to Jakku. Jakku, I gotta get back to Jakku. 
The song starts right off with the chorus. It's actually kind of a half chorus. It gives you just a little taste of that main chorus line. The arrangement seems pretty empty, but there's actually a lot going on already. Kick drum is four on the floor. The bass guitar is playing choppy root notes. There's one synthesizer that sustains chords and another synth that's more attacky and punches in on all the chord changes. And there's also a lead guitar playing this sort of tremolo-picked part with tons of delay. Finn enters towards the end. He's kind of the backup singer in the chorus, which I think is one of the fun parts about this remix. It's not just Ray. There's a lot of other characters that chime in throughout the song. We get this gratuitous bass slide, and then we're in verse one. The arrangement is similar to the intro, but we take out the punchy synth and we add a piano playing nice chords with little fills. It has a tremolo effect on it that makes it pulse in and out. Halfway through, there's a simple tom-tom fill. Then the pacing starts to pick up a bit, adding hi-hats on the upbeats, and you start to feel that dance groove developing. There's a subtle synth lead that sneaks in. It's high-pitched and has a pulsing rhythm to it. Now, I know this is a remix, and it's not quite the same as a fully original song, but I still treat it the same. The musical arrangement is kind of obvious, but also the vocals. Like Ray's line, they'll be back, echoes to fill in the transition halfway through, as do some of Finn's lines. One day, they'll be back, they'll be back. Where are you going? So even though I'm not the main singer, I'm arranging and mixing the dialogue exactly the same as if I was. We hear a back and forth between Finn and Poe. Where are Then the drums abruptly cut off and we crash into chorus one. It doesn't quite break in yet, but it does kick it up a notch. The bass and tom-toms sync up for this fat, punchy, rhythmic phrase. We add snare drum, but it's only on beat four, and it's accompanied by a really bright tambourine hit. It's kind of got that heat of the moment vibe. I don't think they invented that beat, but it's one of my favorites for building up the anticipation. It rocks, but it's not really a complete beat since it leaves out that extra snare drum. You just are waiting for it to finally kick in. 
There are acoustic guitars ringing out chords. And it sounds like they were recorded direct rather than mic'd up, which is interesting because I must have been working really quickly to not bother miking up the acoustic. Everything is so densely layered, though, that it doesn't really seem to matter here. The acoustic isn't really featured that prominently, so it doesn't need to be super pristine. And there's this higher-pitched synth sustaining one note This is a trick I stole from Gives You Hell by the All-American Rejects. And I use this all the time as a cheat code to create excitement. Halfway through the chorus, well, of course, we got to switch things up a little. The drums are the same, but the bass is now sustaining every note rather than cutting them short. Claps enter on all four beats. And this huge synth bass comes in. It's like the Hypnotoad from Futurama. It's fat and fuzzy and stereo. It just fills up the whole mix. The idea is to keep building up that anticipation. We want to go back to Jakku, but we're not there yet, and you can feel that. The track is just looming and waiting to break in. Ray gives us a few cascading melodies and brings us into post-chorus one. Now the drums finally break in. They play that classic disco dance groove with the open hi-hats on the upbeats. The tambourine is shaking 16th notes, and there's also another set of closed hi-hats playing 16th notes as well. The tambourine was probably enough to get the beat moving along, but the closed hi-hats give it that modern pop edge. The synth pads all jump up an octave and all become much brighter. And there's a synth lead that sort of follows the vocal melody. It's really simple, though. We add a fourth singer, Han Solo. The vocals are really fun here. They are the featured part in my mind. I love a good post-chorus that just hammers home the main lyric or the main line. And it's really easy to sing a variation of the main line of your chorus as a living, breathing human being. But since these are remix vocals, you have to redesign the melody in the rhythm manually. The chorus is a lot closer to the original dialogue but this post-chorus is tweaked a lot more. One way I do that is by drawing out the vowel sounds a little bit longer. So on the word jaku, you can take the ja in the ku, make them a little longer, then chop them up so you can reshape the melody of that one syllable. Okay. 
And once you do that, you can pretty much make any melody you want. I'll try to create something cool that I hear in my head, but I try not to go so far that it sounds totally different. I still want it to sound like the original person and not like a robot. And at the very end of the post chorus, everything cuts out again, just like the intro. And if you listen closely, you can hear Ray sing the word Jakku with a fair bit of vibrato. This is another remixing secret. With autotune, you can actually synthesize vibrato. And that is really helpful when you're drawing out these long vowel sounds. Sometimes it can sound really flat, not like out of tune flat, but boring and dull and just kind of lifeless. So adding some vibrato to the vocals makes it sound more like a natural performance. That vibrato is pretty much on every track, so you'll probably be able to pick it out more and more as you listen, especially on any held out notes. Now we're in verse two, and holy cow, we've got another singer, Kylo Ren. You a scavenger. It uses lines from The Force Awakens and The Last Jedi for this part, and this actually works out really well lyrically for the song. He's kind of flirting with Rey, trying to get her to join him, but in the end, she's got to get back to Jakku. Kylo's vocal is in a lower octave, and it's really gravelly sounding. It doesn't quite remix perfectly, but hopefully... The backup vocals help cue people in to the melody. I think this works okay for the verse, but this wouldn't work as well for a chorus or the main tagline of a song. If you want to make really compelling remixes, ideally you pick clips that are spoken in a higher range and delivered with a bit of drama. If you look at Shmoyoho's best remixes, they're usually clips where the speaker is really animated and projecting their voice, because that's what you would do if you were actually singing. So if you use clips like that, your remixes are going to be easier to make, and they're also going to sound more natural. The arrangement is very similar to verse one, but we add a few guitars. There are palm-muted electric and acoustic guitars, left and right. There's also this really innocent, plucky synth sound that bounces back and forth. It seems like it's kind of quiet, but when you take it out of the mix, it actually really leaves it bare and empty. Halfway through, we get stereo electric leads and stereo acoustic leads playing these sort of arpeggio parts. They sound super 80s. They're kind of like the lead guitars in Shut Up and Dance by Walk the Moon. 
and the bass is playing power chords here. Which is a very Blink-182 and Mark Hoppus-inspired part. And side note, I actually play a pink P bass in tribute to him. It was my first guitar, although it was red when I first got it. I banged up the paint job a ton, and a couple of years ago, my buddy Harry gave it a brand new coat, and I rewired the electronics. So it's kind of like a brand new bass, but I've had it for probably almost 20 years at this point. I really like the bass, if you couldn't tell. Ray returns, and we have a reverse piano into chorus two. Chorus 2 picks up where Chorus 1 left off. The fat synth bass starts off right away, and we add palm-muted distortion guitars that chug along with the bass in the tom-toms. The tremolo lead guitar from the intro finally returns, although it's pretty subtle. And Ray's main vocals harmonize with herself on this chorus. That's one of the cool things about remixing is you can just duplicate the track and create harmonies from it. There's not a whole lot of new parts, but again, you can feel the excitement winding up because everything is getting brighter and it's more full than the previous section of the song. I talked about this trick on the Inside the Song episode for Feel the Force. Most of the synthesizer parts start more round and dark sounding, and then they become more buzzy and bright by the end of the section. It's a really great arrangement trick. Then we're back to post-chorus 2, which is pretty much a repeat of post-chorus 1 with a little bit of added brightness. Tambourine is accenting on every snare. The synths are buzzing away. And there is one extra part. The punchy synth from the intro returns. But listening back now, I'm not sure you can even distinguish it in the mix with everything else going on, but it's there. Then we finally take a break from this driving four-on-the-floor dance beat. The drums kind of mellow out with a slower fill, and there's a cymbal swell that washes us into the bridge. We feature yet another singer, Maz Kanata. Like Kylo, she sings in a lower register. The drums and the guitars drop out, and she's accompanied by a darker piano and darker synth arrangements. And the bass guitar is still in, but it's not bright and aggressive. It's rounded off a little bit, and everything is sustaining whole notes. So we've chilled out quite a bit. There's a huge contrast between 
the pulsing rhythms and the high energy of that post-chorus. I also really love the Roy version of this bridge. I sing it an octave higher than Ma's, but it's one of the rare occasions where I sing with more emotion and dynamics rather than the stereotypical pop punk belting at the top of my lungs. It's a nice moment. Dear child, whomever you're waiting for, I'm Jack who they're never coming back. A reverse piano and reverse cymbal bring us back into the full band arrangement. And this is still the bridge to me. It's just like bridge part two. Young Ray takes the stage. This is one exception where the remixing goes a little too far. You can hear how funky it sounds towards the end as the pitch gets lower and lower. But I think the trade-off in quality is worth it to have that complete musical thought. The melody had to be that way, whether it sounded kind of funny or not. Older Ray jumps in with a classic radio EQ effect. And for the first time, the drums aren't doing that 70s disco dance thing. It's got a much more syncopated pop punk rhythm, at least on the kick drum. The hi-hats are on all of the downbeats now instead of the upbeats. The guitars are strumming eighth notes, and they're actually just playing one single root note, not chords. There's a set of bells that ping-pong back and forth, pushing the beat along. They're probably my favorite bit of ear candy, and if you thought the song had enough synth already, you're probably right, but there is one more new track added. It plays full chords with a pulsing tremolo effect. And I don't even know if it has to be there. It's pretty quiet, and I think it actually competes with the guitars. It looks like I was just layering stuff and having fun without a super clear vision other than add more. If I was going to remix this song, I would probably get rid of some of these less important synth tracks and try to feature more unique moments like these single note guitars because they sound cool, but you can't really pick them out of the mix. So what was the point? The snare drum fires away for a measure and then we're in to the last chorus. What's interesting here is the musical arrangement is basically chorus two, except that the drums aren't doing that broken up tom-tom beat like heat of the moment. Instead, we're keeping all of the energy high and we use the disco beat from the post-chorus sections. 
when we hit the third post chorus, we gotta switch something up. So the drums move over to the crash cymbal on the downbeats instead of the open hi-hats on upbeats. And this moment feels like a Steve Aoki dance party to me. I didn't mention it on the previous post choruses, but the bass slides up an octave for these parts. And that surge of low end coupled with the wash of the crash cymbals, that is just such a release for me. It's kind of like the moment you're waiting for for the whole song, and it just feels good. Instead of cutting the song short or just repeating the post-chorus verbatim, we break it down a little. The drums go to halftime. We switch back to hi-hats. Although I wish I chopped up the guitars and the bass a little bit more here and gave it a little bit more of my pop-punk edge. I can't remember if I tried that or not but you still get that fresh take with the new drum beat. Then we get one more abrupt cutoff by the band and Ray takes us home. So I hope you enjoyed this edition of Inside the Song. And if you did and you'd like to show your support for this show and my music, consider signing up for my Patreon page. Patrons get all sorts of cool perks like ad-free episodes of the podcast. You can ask me anything through Q&A threads every month. We can talk about songwriting and recording or YouTube and Star Wars. Everyone gets an answer and I might even answer you on the show. I'll send you unreleased bonus songs every month. Or if you're a creative person yourself, I'll check out your art, music, podcast, or whatever you make and give you my personal feedback. And you can even get your name listed as a producer on new podcasts and videos. So it's a whole community and I'd love for you to be a part of it. Plus you'll be helping support this show and my music. If that sounds cool to you, sign up at patreon.com slash royishgoodlooks. Otherwise, just give me a follow on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, and TikTok at royishgoodlooks. Join our private Facebook group called Royish Good Looks. And whenever you're listening, leave a comment, share the podcast episodes in your feeds, and tag me. I really appreciate the help. I can't do it without you. So thank you for listening, and I'll talk to you on the next episode. Take care.